So we have been thinking about uh, what it looks like to find real hope. As we've talked about, we live in perhaps arguable the most anxious society in human history. Uh, there's many, many reasons uh, for that. But um, in reality, anxiety and things have always been a part of, of human life. One of my friends, um, he had a moment of what my wife and some of her coworkers called COVID clarity, where um, he, he realized he was living in Los Angeles and he wanted to go live in, in Minnesota. He's near some family. Overall, he's, he's enjoying um, that time. But he sent me a text this week uh, about uh, it is currently negative 15 degrees in Minnesota. And there was a truck of potatoes that had a spill on the freeway. And the potatoes froze to the freeway. And it took them hours to like fix this problem because there were frozen potatoes all over the freeway. So it's interesting. And I understand you, you might have reasons to leave Los Angeles. Los Angeles is a stressful place for all its own reasons. But wherever you go, there's going to be something, right? I mean, here there's specific things. Somewhere else it's frozen potatoes on the freeway. I mean, you just don't know what it is. There's just going to be stuff that happens in your life and my life. It's just going to be stressful and hard. And unfortunately, church doesn't always necessarily do a good job. Oftentimes it's like, how are you? I'm fine. Okay, cool. And then you just move on with your life. But in reality, all of us are facing stressful things. We're really like, I don't know about you, but we're listening to the Encanto soundtrack all the time right now in our home. And uh, we're like Mirabelle, like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm totally not fine. And that's reality, that there's stuff going on below the surface that that we're all uh, dealing with um, and thinking about it. And sometimes you can come to church and like, you know, you have some heavy burdens or your heart is in, in, a, in a difficult space and perhaps you need somebody to talk to. Um, and in a prayer meeting, this person's like, well, yeah, I, I just prayed and uh, a parking spot opened up. And you're like, well, I was praying for somebody with cancer and that didn't work. You know, like what, what is this? What does it look like for us as a, a community uh, to recognize that we are always going to have stuff that, that is going on that is in our hearts that's hard? And we sometimes need to to slow down and think about it. C.S. Lewis, one of my favorite Christian writers, I mentioned this quote last week, but I think it's one that I'll just keep coming back to during the series. He says, mental pain is less dramatic than physical pain, but it's more common and also more hard to bear. The frequent attempt to conceal mental pain increases the burden. It's easier to say my tooth is aching than it is to say my heart is broken. It's easier to just point to like a physical issue that you have and to maybe, you know, go through the steps to get it fixed or to experience that and to be open to other people and say, I really need help. This is incredibly hard and I need assistance. I need people to come around me. I need, need community uh, to be with me in this space. And sometimes we need to really slow down and ask ourselves those hard questions I want to read from Psalm 42, which is a psalm that we uh, have mentioned a couple times during the series. I'm not going to have the words on the screen because I want you to, to hear it read aloud. And so, the psalms are interesting because it is likely that some of the songs that the people of, of Israel would gather and, and sing together uh, communally, and there's things in here that are really surprising that we would probably uh, never sing uh, today. But I want you to just, just listen for something that kind of keeps to coming up in this, in this Psalm 42. It starts with a familiar passage. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet God? 
My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan, the heights of Hermon from Mount Mazar, deep calls to deep and the roars of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go on mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. One thing that you might notice as that passage is, is read aloud is that the idea of, of downcast and the idea of this experience of, of difficulty, why is there this disturbance in my heart? And something that if you're reading in the Old Testament especially, there was no way during that time uh, to highlight a certain thing. Like if you're going to do a presentation or you're writing an email, there are so many different ways that you can like show, hey, you really want to pay attention to this part. And it's, you know, all caps uh, perhaps or, or highlighting with a different color or, or underlining or bold. There's so many different ways that we can do that. But in this time, there wasn't really the way. You can't, can't do that. It's not so simple. And so to help people understand like this is the most important thing that you need to recognize, the idea is you look for things that are repeated. Okay, why does this question keep coming up? What is the thing that this, this author is trying to get us to think about? And he's asking that question. Why is there this disturbance within my heart? Why is there this heaviness? And I encourage you, like, that is a first step, I think, uh, towards addressing some of the issues that, that are in our hearts. You know, what is the thing behind the thing? It isn't just that I'm anxious or that I'm stressed or that I'm worried. What is causing it? How can we ask the deeper question to help us get to the answer? Because it's not just like work that's making you stressed. It's, it's, it's a deeper question behind that. And as I've tried to say throughout this series, I hope that at times you, you find someone professional to talk with about this and to have conversations and important conversations because we need help going through difficult things like this. But I find this fascinating that Psalm 42 is written and to just ask that question. This is a question that humans have struggled with forever. And anxiety is on the rise, like specifically like in our time and in our place. But this was written 2,500 years ago. It's the human condition. Sometimes I think about like the 1950s as the good old days. And I'm like, this was like way before that. I love, there's a quote by Blaise Pascal from the 1700s that says, uh, the thing that would basically solve the world's problems is people being able to sit in a quiet room alone. And I'm like, what did you have to do in the 1700s? That sounds like it was pretty easy. It sounds like you were doing a lot of sitting in a quiet room alone because you didn't have a whole lot of other distractions. But this was written 2,500 years ago. There's, there's always been stresses and anxieties and things that, that build up, and it's different for you than it was for them. 
but it's something. We need to ask that question. What is it that's so disturbing about this? Why is it so hard for me? And again, we are so lucky that we have a lot of understanding of mental health and encouragement to, to explore that and professionals who think about it. Because it wasn't all that long ago that there was some like wild, wild west stuff going on with mental health. It wasn't that long ago that one of the ways that people would try and beat depression was literally to like beat somebody within like a few inches of your life and try to get it out of you. Another therapy was called scare therapy, where you'd come up behind someone and fire a loaded gun. This wasn't that long ago. And I don't know how that ever worked, but we at least have some greater understanding, which is helpful. But we sometimes need to stop and ask this hard question, what is it within my heart? And I needed to slow down and ask this question, what, what way do I need to rethink things? What's out of whack here? Because oftentimes I think we just go from like thing to thing to thing. There's a comedian named John Mulaney who I can't recommend as a pastor, uh, but he is funny. And uh, he, he says that he's Irish. So like all these things happen to him. And what he does is he just pushes them deeper and deeper below the surface and then just dies. And like that, that is, I think kind of, it's not just an Irish thing. I think everybody just says like, okay, there's all this stuff happening. It's easy to just like push it below the surface. But anxiety and, and some of these thoughts, I believe can ultimately be a gift and I'm not minimizing if you have, have struggled with it, it can be a gift to help you to recognize, like, I need to slow down. I need to ask this question. Like, if you broke your hand, it's very obvious. And it's like, okay, I, I need to go to a doctor and go, you know, whatever it is that you have to have repaired. Like, I, I need to slow down and, like, treat this thing. And sometimes as we think about, like, the thoughts that we're having, it's a way for us to say, all right, I, I didn't properly think about this or deal with that. What is the thing that I need to get to that is more deep, behind this because we all can just like run from thing to thing to thing and not ask that deeper question why is it that this is disturbing me what is the issue that I need to address here I think of the book of Philippians and possibly one of my favorite passages is Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 11 and it says this, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and be, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross." Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that's above every name, that in the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. And I love this passage. And some scholars speculate this was a song that early Christians sang. And if you look in, in your Bibles, it's, it's indented in there. So there's a chance that they actually sang it together. I love this concept and the idea in the Greek that is in there is that Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grabbed, like something to take hold of. And if anyone is like, you know, close to equality with God, JC is the one, right? He has the nature of God 
in him, but he didn't constantly live his life like, like grabbing for it. Instead, the passage says that he lived with open hands. And I often think in my life, what causes me the most problems is when I'm grabbing for control of something that I wasn't meant to control. And when I'm, you know, trying my best and spinning my wheels to gain some sense of, of, of control or, or greater purpose in this space, I'm supposed to open up a little bit. And Jesus Christ, the very son of God, lived with open hands. I love the old church hymn. Like he could have called 10,000 angels, right? He's, he's on the cross. He, he could have been like, all right, here we go. I'm about to die, but here comes the angel posse and they're gonna do everything we need to do in this moment. But Jesus does, doesn't do that. He instead, he empties himself, even from a point of like what he deserves or what he could have said. There are times that we are fighting for control in these situations. Maybe you're just not meant to hold on to that. It's been said that pride is a mirror and humility is a window. Pride traps us deeper within ourselves. While humility gives us the chance to look a bit beyond. Again, quoting C.S. Lewis, he says, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. It's a willingness to look to the needs of other people around you. One tool that I would give for, for those who perhaps anxiety is an issue, I would just ask you the question, when's the last time you served somebody? When's the last time you went and got a little bit outside of yourself? And you slowed down. You looked to the needs of somebody else. You put them above yourself. I love uh, the last couple years, Barbara Rogue has made ornaments for our church and it's, they're, they're so cool. And if you didn't get one, I have a few left. I can slide you one for the right amount. No, it's, it's all, they're free. <laughs> they're free. But I'm, I'm so thankful for her making those for us. And it's just, it's just such a simple thing that she has. I mean, I could never make one of those in a million years, but the, the talent and the gifting that, that she has uh, to do that. How, how could you use like your gifts to bless somebody. Because oftentimes when we are in this cycle, it's because we are just, just so focused in on what's happening within ourselves. And we need to recognize that we are loved by God. And that gives us all a certain posture in life. I love the theologian Bob Dylan, uh, who says <laughs> about happiness, these are yuppie words, happiness and unhappiness. It's not happiness or unhappiness. It's either blessed or unblessed. Seeking happiness for the sake of a given moment. The word happiness is literally from the word happenstance or, or random or, or chance. It is about choosing to believe. Like I am blessed by God and this is going to be what I live for moving forward. 
And I'm going to see this moment, even as there's difficulties in it and it's hard at times and there's some things that perhaps I wish I could change about my situation because there's now frozen potatoes on the freeway outside of my house. Like, I am going to choose to see the blessings that are here. I'm going to choose to see the blessings that are in front of me and not go to a different space. And for me, a moment that I, I would say was, was a mental health crisis was when I was a senior in college. I was diagnosed with a disease called ankylosing spondylitis, which is um, basically arthritis of the spine. And what can happen over time is that you can like slowly crick forward. I, through some therapy and stuff, I'm, I'm overall doing pretty well. Mandy gives me a shot every seven to 10 days, which is something that she did not expect to do as a wife. You do some weird stuff uh, sometimes uh, when, when you're in that kind of relationship, but I'm thankful for her doing that, even though it hurts her more than it hurts me. But when I was diagnosed with that as a senior in college, I remember that I went to a, a support group because I had no idea about the disease. And this man showed up to the meeting. He was a much older man. And he walked in and he had a mirror so he could see what was happening in front of him. And as a senior in college, that's not what I needed to see. And I would say over the next five or six months, I was in a state of depression. I think I would say that now. I wouldn't have necessarily said that then. But mainly because I'd seen that person, that individual. And I was like, my, my life is over. And what happens... I think, and it wasn't until I spoke with a, a professional counselor a few years later for something else that I was dealing with that I was able to reflect back on that time and think of it as a time of depression. But what happens, I think, when we let fear take root and take hold of us and anxiety is that we just fill in the gaps negatively. I don't know, my, my life is over. This is going to be what happens to me. I, I, there, there's no way for me. I, it, it, was like, it felt to me like, like a death sentence for my life. And it's so important to sometimes slow our, our heads down. And to say, yeah, maybe that does happen to me someday. But also maybe not. I have a friend who says, 99% of the things you're afraid of are never actually going to happen. Fear is a horrible way to waste your life. When we have moments like that, we can just fill in the blanks with negative stuff and fill in those gaps and start to let those, those things take hold and take root in us. May we choose not to. You and I have the opportunity, I think, 
every single day to either feed our fear or feed our faith. To feed our anxiety or to feed our hope. And again, perhaps that needs some some professional training and and some counseling to really help you to get to that place. But it is so easy for you. And again, that was just for me seeing what I thought was my future. And I, I still, it's possible that that is out there for me. But I and you need to feed what gives us hope. What helps us to stay rooted in the love of God. And I and you, we need to live with more open hands. And to say that there's things that are outside of my control that I am not meant to control. In fact, the most important things to you and me, it's all outside of your control. And we need to live with, with open hands. Because it's not about us like forcing happiness out of our lives. It's about us seeing life as a blessing and a gift. No matter what that looks like for you and me, the stresses that are in your heart or in in my heart or in your life or in my life, may we see our lives as a gift because they aren't perfect, but they're blessed. I want to read from Philippians 2 one more time. May we have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And this is the part of the song that it's likely that they sang. I just encourage you to close your eyes and have open hands for a minute. Who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grabbed or used for his own advantage. Rather, he emptied himself by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. Let's pray. God, help us to live with open hands. Help us to not struggle and strive for control of things perhaps that we aren't meant to be in control of. May we choose instead to serve, to empty ourselves, to allow our hearts to to think about the needs of others instead of sometimes just getting trapped in our own hearts and our own heads. Father, be with us as we try to live open-handed as Jesus did. Help us to find that that self-emptying 
love to be as beautiful as it is. In your son, Jesus, and I pray. Amen.